0: This is chapter six. And then you're like, I'll make clear why in a moment. When the human race, oh it's from the message translation. When the human race began to increase with more and more daughters being born, the sons of God noticed that the daughters of men were beautiful. They looked them over and picked out wives for themselves. Then God says, said i'm not going to breathe life into men and women endlessly eventually they're going to die from now on they can expect a lifespan of 120 years this was back in the days and also later when there were giants in the land the giants came from the nation of the sons of god and the daughters of men these were the mighty men of ancient law and famous ones God saw the human, that human evil was out of control. People thought evil, imagined evil, 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 evil from morning till night. But God was sorry that he had made the human race in the first place. It broke his heart. God said, I'll get rid of my ruined creation. Make a clean sweep. People, animals, snakes and bugs and birds, the works. I'm sorry I made them. But Noah was different. God liked what He saw in Noah. I'm missing a couple of verses here, and, and God said to Noah, "It's all over. It's the end of the human race. The violence is everywhere. I'm making a clean sweep. Build yourself a ship from teak wood. Make rooms in it. Coat it with pitch inside and out. Make it 450 feet long, 75 feet wide, and 45 feet high. Build a roof for it and put in windows." 18 inches from the top, put in a door on the side of the ship and make three decks, lower, middle and upper. I'm going to bring a flood on the earth that will destroy everything alive under heaven. Total destruction. But I'm going to establish a covenant with you. You'll board the ship and your sons, your wife and your son's wives will come on board with you. You are also to take two of each living creature, a male and a female, on board the ship to preserve their lives with you. Two of every species of bird, mammal and reptile. Two of everything so as to preserve their lives along with yours. Also get all the food you'll need and store it up for you and them. Noah did everything God commanded him to do. Amen. When I, when I got the invitation to speak and I was just opening my mouth to sort of begin to reply, the Holy Spirit just spoke inside me louder than I very often hear him speak. And I don't mean I heard an audible voice, I heard him inside my spirit man. And he said, as it was in the days of Noah. And I thought, oh. So I really believe this morning that I've come with a word from the Lord. And I've sought him, and, and I, um, I've looked and asked him what he wanted me to say about that that scripture as it was in the days of Noah. So let's just think about that. And he, and he says here and that the imagination of the thoughts of the heart was only evil continually. So there was a lot of evil in the earth. And there was a relativism, a confusion of good and evil, a, f- a confusion of... Of what was right and wrong, people were, were beginning to call right wrong, wrong right, and right wrong. There were no absolutes. I, it reminded me of a scripture from Judges, I think it's chapter six, one, where everyone did what was right in their own eyes. Does, I don't know if that sounds familiar, but um, I, I spend, I, I'm in contact with an organisation called Christian Institute. Some of you might know it. And they, they sometimes asked me to write letters to, to the, Jake Berry and sometimes to um, people in the House of Lords about issues. And we fought things like the... I don't know if you heard of the um, Clause 5 of the Public Order Act. That actually was finally defeated after several years, but it made it, made it a criminal offence. If you inadvertently caused somebody to feel insulted... And yeah, I know it sounds mad, but people were arrested. You know, um, there was a couple who were just having a chat with somebody who was staying in their um, bed and breakfast, and she was a Muslim. And they were talking about their faiths. faiths. They were Christians, she's a Muslim. And she went away and, and reported them to the police. And there was no animosity But they were arrested. They were eventually acquitted because the Christian Institute supported them. But they lost their bed and breakfast business because of all the upset and upheaval. So acts like that. And they've tried again. to Where right starts to appear wrong or where our our right to speak seems to be eroded. And the problem for the church in that is we need to preach the gospel. and, And there's a pressure to suggest that that would insult people. It's it's not on the statute book, and we can do it. But there's a pressure out there. And so, what I want to think about first is, who's the enemy? And I'm sure we all know this, because um, one of the things I forgot to say was that... <clears throat> excuse me. Thank you. Was that... <clears throat> Heck, was that um, I think some of you have already got this word in your heart, and that, that this is a confirmation for many of you, not a new word. But this is, is something we, we do know, but I have to remind myself, because when things happen, sometimes you look at where it's happening from or what appears to be the 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 uh, person involved and your anger and and feelings can go towards them instead of to what's behind it and in in Ephesians chapter 6 and starting at verse 10 it actually tells us quite clearly and this is Paul writing that we wrestle not with flesh and blood, but against principalities, against powers, against the rulers of darkness in this world, against spiritual wickedness in high, high places. And he then counsels us to put on the whole armor of God. So you might not know, if you don't know, principalities and powers are different levels of angels, fallen angels. But the Bible tells us that when Lucifer became Satan, the devil, and fell, he did a stupid thing he tried to rebel against god, and he 's a created being. Um, he actually took a third of the angelic host with him so those those principalities and powers are all under authority, working against the Church of god they 're not working against they 're working against others in terms of Binding them into what they want them to do. But anybody who's not in the church of God is actually under their authority. It's actually under the God of this world with a small g, Satan. So there's there's them and us. But there's there's not enemies out there in terms of people. There's friends and potential friends. Because all those people who are under the hand of the enemy, it's our job the Lord sent us to go and preach the gospel and tell them there's a way out. Rescue them, pull them out and bring them in. And that's why I put the other scripture up there as well from Luke 10:19, 19. And um, it's, that one's telling us the authority we have in Jesus because of the cross. I've ever since, for many years, I can't tell you how long, I've prayed a lot that, Lord, I won't waste anything you did for me on the cross. I don't want to waste it. I don't want to get to heaven and discover that I could I had so much more available to me that you had done for me, and I didn't know about it. So He's he's given us authority. He's given us authority in the earth. Behold, I give you authority to tread upon serpents and scorpions and over all the power of the enemy, and nothing will by any means hurt you. He gave us authority because he took the devil's authority. He took back all that the devil had stolen from Adam, deceived them out of. He took it back, and he gave it back to us. I know you know it, but isn't it wonderful? It's wonderful. Yes, and he's given it to his church. And he's he's the head, but he said, we have to go and he'll come with us. He's the head. And, and it's... Um, in that authority, the devil can't... If we stay in that authority and we stay... In, in the place he's put us and, and listen, and I'll, I'll come into this in a minute we we can't fail, we can only succeed let's just look at this now, I don't know if you know about this but I have to say it because it's out there and it's happening and we mustn't be ignorant and also um, it's actually very much to do with as it was in the days of Noah because it's becoming very similar again, and this is one of the key issues. Um, there, are gi- there were giants in the land, and in in um, oh, I need to turn over. In um, Genesis six one, it tells us that the um, sons the sons of God or the fallen angels liked the look of the women, the, the, the daughters, and, and took wives. They mated with them. And that there was a, another breed produced produce that we sometimes call Nephilim. But the Bible here is calling them giants. And they were a hybrid. They weren't human anymore. They were part human, part angelic. And God's plan wasn't to save angels or part angels. His plan of salvation was for mankind, who were made in his image. And That was beginning to affect his plan of mankind. And some people, um, some people believe that one of the reasons God did something so dramatic as to actually flood the earth, which seems a bit, you know, heck, Lord, uh, was because Noah was the only one who hadn't got a tainted gene pool. His germline was not tainted. He hadn't, he wasn't perfect in terms of being on, without sin. Nobody was. But he he had hadn't got that um, angelic gene in his in his body. He was still a man. And therefore his family had to be saved or the plan of salvation would fail. And that's Satan's plan. He hates mankind. He's out and out, liar and to get us. You know, so when he's behind anything, the truth is always the opposite. Because he can't tell the truth, he's a liar. So the Bible tells us there's no salvation for angels. It tells us that there's only salvation for man. And as you can see from that magazine cover, and you may have you may have heard of transhumanism, that it's it, it's going on secretly but actually people know about it if you know what I mean um, in various governments across the earth, especially the ones who are into being ahead in the arms race because it's really fueled by the idea of having a super soldier they want to make soldiers who can see better hear better, fight for longer not need to eat much um, they've, they're extra strong in different ways that type of thing is, is fueling this and everybody now is frightened that somebody else will get it if they stop. So although there are people out there who are a bit concerned about what's going on, it's very difficult to put the brake on. And, and basically they're using, um, animals and, and, and implanting, changing the, the human gene by using animal genes. By using nanotechnology, by using robotics. And if you, if you go online, look for a Christian site. <laughs> Tom Horn or Chuck Missler will tell you it in, but there, there's a lot to know about and pray about, but not be scared, because God's not taken by surprise. He knows about all this. And he put it, he gave us that little excerpt in Genesis 1, which I suppose for years people thought, what on earth? And now we're beginning to see why he put it there. Because it gives us um, an understanding that the time of Jesus' return is extremely close. Extremely close. I don't know if you're hearing that, if but that wherever I go, I'm hearing that. The Spirit is saying to the churches, I am coming very soon. I am coming soon. And... Uh, and he said once I was in America at a conference, and um, I know the person on the platform was, was is definitely expecting Jesus in his lifetime, and he's in his seventies. And he said he said to him in a prophecy, "I'm coming very soon, sooner than you think." So I feel like ringing him up and saying, "How soon do you think he's coming?" Yeah, but he's coming soon, and that's actually encouraging when you look out there a little bit. Because you can see, if you look, and if you watch the news much, you can see that as it was in the days of Noah, you know, so it is now. There are these things happening. There's a big attack on on some of the foundations of of our society. The family marriage has been under massive attack. And um, we've got to, there's a need to, Um, be as wise as serpents and innocent as doves to actually look at the situation and not be deceived because the pressure of society is pushing us in a certain direction but we need the word, we need the word of God Smith Wigglesworth, have you heard of him? from Yorkshire yeah, Smith Wigglesworth. I think he died in 47 or 48, something like that. He moved to heaven, I should say. And, uh, he, he predicted that the last end time move of, of, of the Lord of, would be the Spirit and the Word together. The Holy Spirit working on the Word in his people's lives. So it's the Spirit and the Word together. Anna, I... am I? I've gone too fast, haven't I? Sorry. Yes, that's it. Thank you. The Spirit and the Word together, and so we were chosen in Christ from before the foundation of the world. It actually tells you that in Ephesians chapter one, and. Um, uh, I looked it up with one of my little stickers. I thought I might read that. It's only a couple of verses. According as he has chosen us in him before the foundation of the world, that we should be holy and without blame before him in love, having predestinated us into the adoption of children by, by Jesus Christ to himself, according to the good pleasure of his will. We were picked before he even said, "Light biggie. We were picked from before the foundation of the world. He knew us. And he chose us to be his. And he chose us us to be here. And he chose us to be here at this time. So none of us are out of time. And all of us are equipped to cope with the time that we're living in. And all of us have the greater one living in us. We have the spirit of the living God who is the greater one. He raised Jesus from the dead. He can do it all. He's the one who was moving over the face of the deep when god spoke and as we speak if we speak what the lord has put in here if we speak as he speaks he'll move the same way as he does for the father he'll move for us and that's his plan and he just wants us to cooperate with him so um we were chosen for, I know people say that a lot, don't they, for such a, such a time as this. But it is a time. And time, the world isn't going to end, but time is running out. I hope my time isn't running out. I have a few bit. But time is running out. And we need to know that time's the times and seasons, and one of the things that the Spirit of God has been saying to the church is, study Daniel, study Revelation. And those books are beginning to open up now more and more to people. When I first read Revelation, I thought, "Oh my goodness!" And now I get it. It's amazing. And you think, "Why didn't I get that before?" But it's 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 because the Spirit of God is showing you now, and what once he thought, it's beginning to open up because we need it now. Now is the time. I put I put that little like. He's, I don't know what football team that is. Because I have no idea. But he's praying for his friend on the field. And I thought, amen. Yeah. Yeah, that's what we need to do. We're at the temple of the Holy Spirit. And he's he's going to bring us from glory to glory. And in in 2 Chronicles 5... It, it tells us what happened in Solomon's temple when it was finished. He filled it with his glory. And we've got the glory of God in us now. But there's coming a time when people are going to walk down the street and see it. They're going to see the glory in each one of us. It's not going to be a, um, somebody who's like a few key people. It's going to be the body moving and, and doing what the Holy Spirit directs them to do, as they go about their everyday life in Alster in Tesco, you know, at work, in the, on on the pavement, when you've just finished cutting your tree. Right, so now the mighty move of God. Um, that that picture came from Reinhard Bonnke's uh, website, and. You know, I keep hearing people telling me the church is dying. Don't believe it. It's a lie. It's growing. It might, it's even growing in this country. It's not growing at the rate of, of the, of the, of what Reinhardt Bank is doing at the moment in the third world, but it's growing massively. Two billion in the church and growing. And some of the places it's growing are amazing. The Middle East is growing massively in the Middle East. Jesus is appearing to Muslims. there's there's churches in Algeria that are made up hundreds of people who've had Jesus appear to them and they realise that that Jesus is the way and and he's doing that in Iran he's doing that across the Middle East China I heard somebody say that there are more Christians in China now than communists I I don't think you can count them easily because it's an underground church um, predominantly but it's moving, it's growing. And the Lord is going to do it here. He's going to do it here. Um, Reinhard Bonnke had up to the press of count, people he's counted, and they've actually signed and they've had people counsel them and sent them into churches. 77 million in Africa have given their lives to Jesus. And that's without all the ones who, because they got healed and born again, actually... um Come to Jesus afterwards through them. And it's because he, he, he works the way Jesus works. He stands, he preaches the gospel and lets the Spirit of God heal people. They grow limbs, blind eyes open, um, you know, what you name it, cancer goes, everything bows. Every knee bows. Every, every disease bows. Every demon bows to the name of Jesus. And there's no reason why that shouldn't happen here. Oh, am I going the wrong way? Now? There we are. I, I'll try am I Am I too long here? How am I doing? Right, only two more slides left. Right. Um, Noah built with wood. We build with words. It's the word. I just have to say, this. this book... The more the more I read it, I wasn't our e-teacher, um, I've read it for a long time, but the last 20-odd years, I've discovered that this book is supernatural. It's actually God in a book. It, it's the Word. Jesus was the Word made flesh. This is the Word. And and if, if you find something that you think, well, that must be a mistake, actually, you find out later, if you ask the Holy Spirit, and you might have to wait a bit because you're not ready to know, you find, oh. Oh now I get it. And do you know over the years all these books 66 of them all written by about 40 different people all fit together like a god who is amazingly powerful has actually written it dictated it absolutely. And and that's what it is. So my my advice would be believe it. Read it, believe it, stand on it, use it. Because when there's a promise there, if you put it in your mouth and speak it and begin to believe it, God will God'll move on it for you. He's done it for me, he'll do it for you. He's the high priest of our confession. Jesus said, I'm the high priest of your confession. I just want to say, if we confess the problem, He can't do anything. Because, you know, if we say, oh Lord, it's dark out there, look at what everybody... But if we say, Lord, we have authority. We don't like to see this. We bind this. And we're coming against that. Show us how to pray. Yeah, he says, right, let's get the angels moving. Because angels move, they hearken to the voice of his word. And And I'm saying this because Noah did build. Noah was asked by God to actually build an amazingly big boat. And there was... I don't think he had cranes and things. I don't know. Might have had more than we think. But there were only eight of them. Three, uh, three sons and their no wives. It took him about a hundred years, I think, looking at the scripture. But, um, it was massive. And if he'd said, well, I'm not sure about this. I'm not sure. And waited for the rain. It would have been too late, wouldn't it? So he had to do it before he could see any evidence that it was actually going to work, that it was actually right. But he did it. And he's in the Hall of Fame. He's in Hebrews 11. And the other call of the Spirit is for intimacy. Get closer to the Father. He said once, tell my people I love them. Tell my people I love them. And I know we hear that, so I just pray the Spirit will just take that into your hearts. He really loves us. There's nobody here. That's, that, no matter how old you are, how young you are this word is for everybody and he loves, he loves us and when we know that love from God we can rise up in that there's strength in that and I'm getting there I just need this because I don't want to forget it These are I love these. There's one in, in Matthew ten, seven and I seven and eight. As you go preach saying, The kingdom of heaven is at hand, heal the sick, raise the dead, cast out devils, freely you've received, freely give. That's what Jesus did. And that's what he said to the disciples. He also said this in Mark uh, sixteen, and it was the end of the the end of the gospel. These signs will follow those that believe, not those who were pastors, or those who were apostles, or the, those that believe. I, I believe, so I'm I'm expecting it. And every time I get a chance, now I promise the Lord, I'll I'll say, "Please can I pray for you?" And I'm gonna do it. And you know, and I can share the word. I can gossip the gospel. And if they, you know many times so yes please and get born again if they don't they've heard the gospel yeah so cast this say, it says there um cast out devils speak with new tongues lay hands on the sick they shall recover I've, I've left out the serpents but there is a reason for them being there and the deadly stuff but that's what's necessary at the moment but we have got protection as well there are lots of scriptures. Oh, what's the Spirit saying to the church? He's never taken by surprise. He knows the end from the beginning. It's not a shock to him what's happening. He knows us. He can see our future. He knows what we can do. He knows what's in us. You know, the gifts that are within us are far more than we know. And one of the things I felt the Lord wanted me to say today was stir up the gift that is within you. Stir them up because you have all gifts and those gifts are, God is not limitless. And as you stir up that gift, He'll give you more. He's a limitless God. And He's mobilising His troops, and we're His troops friends. Right? So He wanted Lum to hear today. The clarion call. I fancied bringing my chauffeur and blowing in. I was trying to get you to agree, but you didn't, I didn't, I didn't bravely ask you, did I? So, one day, that's blow the trumpet. And, and, um, which, do you remember jesus said greater things than, than these will you do because i'm going to my father I've, for 30 odd years i've said oh i want to do them lord i need to tell me once i would so i'm holding on to that right get get those promises those dreams that you've sort of put on the shelf and have a look at them again and say lord is it time for this now let's put some faith on it let's see what you're saying we all have a we all have a part to play. I wanted to say, imagine I'm finishing on this. Imagine walking into a supermarket, and imagine seeing a man there in his seventies, a young man of seventy, with, um, and he comes up to you and he says, "Oh," and he's, he's a sweet guy, and he says, "I like your hair," and he says, "Oh, thank you," and you look at him and you think, "Oh, he's got hearing aids in." And you say, "Can I, can I pray for your ears?" And he, pardon, he says, "Pardon." Me? And you say, "Oh, never mind." Bang! Your hands over ears. In Jesus' name, I pray for him. And he's like, "Oh, what are you doing? And then he goes, "Oh, oh, oh, oh." And uh, he says, "I can, I can hear." You. Well, what? Why have you got a stick? Oh, I've got a wasted muscle. I've had it for years. The county went his back. Can I pray for? Th-? Oh, yeah. Well, you put your hand on it, and I'll put my hand on your hand and. And then round the corner comes this lady who happens to be his wife, and said, "Oh, what's going on here?" And you say, oh, "I'm a Christian minister," <laughs> and, and I'm just and Sean, "No, oh, no, I'm not bothered. I just thought I'd, I'm not concerned. I just thought he'd fallen over or something," and and he's prayed for him, take the stick off him, and he's running up and down the aisles, and he comes back, and the wife suddenly thinks, "Hey, you can hear," and they're like, "Wow!" and they have a big group hug. Wouldn't that be wonderful? Well, that happened in Chester. An hour down the road, Alice, Chester, Alice Cresswell. And she's been walking around Chester, and people are been born again, and everybody who gets born again gets taught to do it. New babies. And that happens. If it'll happen for her, it'll happen for us. And God says it's time. Because those people out there are dying. There's a hell. And, and if we don't tell them... They won't, we don't, and it, when it's time, it's easy. We start to pray and pull them in, in Jesus' name. Amen? Amen. Amen. Thank you for listening to me. I appreciate it. I've done. Do you want? Take the what? The last time, i tell you the one that, that really spoke to this was, these are the days of Elijah. That was the one, I said, yes, the voice and the, in the desert crying, prepare ye the way of the Lord. And I wanted to say from a pulpit, I hope you don't mind, but I just feel the spirit wants me, Uru Ukim Uru. And that, it's Hebrew and it means, wake up brothers, wake up. And it's not just for you. It's for the church in Rosendale. Praise God, we're going to change this place round.